Hello and welcome to another episode of Back of the Grid. I am your host this week, Tom, and I am joined by Chris. Hi, everyone. And Stu. Hello, Corporal. Yes, hello. Aye, aye. Whatever else. It's a very, that's a very <laughs> niche internal I was joke. Actually, you know what? I was actually going for Commodore. I even made my own crap joke wrong there. Oh, I should, mean, we should probably, we could, we could even start this episode again based on that because that was a No, problem. it's going to have to stay now because, oh, I mean, I don't know if even Discord understand what that meant. Did Discord <laughs> no. hear that bit? Yeah, that, that was, that was pre-podcast podcast. That oh, was my pre-Discord that's connection pre, podcast. That's pre-pre-podcast. Oh, wow. I was only doing it to try and make you laugh. I was trying to throw you off, like on your first line, and it's worked. To be fair, like we're talking about something. I mean, you've derailed it. You've one hundred percent derailed it. So I won. As I won, we we roll into a podcast backwards through a hedge. Yeah, (laughs) professional as ever. This podcast lasted as long as a Ferrari engine. Some would say. Oh, that's got to hurt. It's so bad. It's a deep it's so burn. bad. Are we just getting straight into it? It's a deep burn. It? Much like a Ferrari power unit. They're all deeply <sighs> burnt this weekend. That didn't even make sense, but whatever. Mm. It's not a good advert, is it, for Ferrari? Engines um, break it down every five minutes. No. When, it, when it's supposed to be like, you know, this is how Ferrari do their marketing, essentially. It's not a good advert at mm. all. Ah, Ferrari's reliable. In real life, like normal, you know, if you think, went out and bought a Ferrari, I believe generally I think they so. are. You see a lot of classics, don't you? And they don't have the reputation. Yeah. We that, need to be actually. Say, you know what? We need to be really, really, really careful here. <laughs> no, we can yeah, say what we, we want. No, we Ferrari we want. like until However, until they you... turn up and sponsor us week on week, <laughs> and it becomes back of the grid brought to you by Ferrari. I'm going to say what I want. It's never and happening. <laughs> There's exactly so I can say what I want. Now I think generally Ferraris on the road are decent in terms of reliability. They don't have like the bad rep that things like Alphas used to get back in the day. Yeah, and Fiat's. even they're they're Fix decent it again now. Tomorrow. Well, I mean, it is well part of the same group, isn't it? Yeah, that's, used... that is true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> so, they must Living have been using the, the Fiat components Fiat this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think Fiat's too prevalent in their Ferrari. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Right. So, okay. Let's go on. Let's actually talk specifics yeah. of their weekend because it was a bad one for Ferrari. I mean, Ferrari engines in general, but I mean, specifically yes. the Ferrari works team. So, yeah. 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 Obviously, double retirement. Um, Signs had a hydraulic issue. Um, Leclerc, just a big old power unit failure. Um, that makes four races in a row. Leclerc has failed to win from pole position. Um, it also now means Verstappen has won more races that Leclerc started on pole than Leclerc has, which is a wild statistic. That's amazing ridiculous. Stat. Amazing. That's so ridiculous. Um, it's a swing since Australia. Leclerc had a 34-point lead um, in the championship after Australia, 46 ahead of Verstappen. It's now swung back to 34 ahead for Verstappen. Leclerc is down to third in the championship. 80-point gap between Ferrari and Red Bull. Um, yeah, and so it's the third weekend in a row now we've had Ferrari-powered cars with pretty major power unit issues. We obviously had Leclerc retiring in Spain. Um, Ferrari have still not said exactly what that value was, but we know it destroyed the turbo and the MGUH. Oh, in Monaco, Haas and Alfa Romeo had three MGUK failures between them. Mm-hmm. 
And obviously now Baku, we know about the Ferraris. Magnussen and Zoe both retired with power unit issues as well. Uh, to be fair, Alfa Romeo did say that was their own cooling problem and not a power unit issue. But Haas were very much, this is the engine's problem. I mean, of um, course, another member of the Fiat group is going to say that about <laughs> well, engine yeah. supplier. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's, it's mad. This is, yeah. I mean, they've built a lemon, haven't they? This the, is what's the, going the on only, here. It's a lemon. The, the only pattern to it seems to be that all of these fails have come from people running their second power unit and Ferrari reportedly had a revised version of the MG UK on everyone's second power units of the season. Mm. But, but that's all we know. Ferrari are basically saying there's not a clear problem. It's not going to be a short-term easy fix for them. It's wow. concerning, isn't it? The, the one it's year bad. they've actually got the aero right and are in a good position and the power unit is now going to let them down. Do you think that's why they're slower in the races then? Do you think they're managing engines? Well, I, I was sort of thinking about this and I mean, I mean, now looking back at what Chris has just listed there of all of the failures, my thought process doesn't seem as, I guess right but i was sort of thinking is it a problem where they're not liking being run flat out for so long because obviously baku is a circuit where there's a lot of full throttle huge straights with where you're at top speed for a long period of time compared to a lot of other circuits and my thought process was maybe that's what the engines haven't liked this week and the combination of heat and just being Mm. run like foot to the floor for so long in a lap 50 something times like it's a lot of strain on an engine yeah they managed all right in Jeddah but yeah well that's what I was sort of thinking back is like Jeddah was one of the places that they were okay and then there's there's also things that don't necessarily fit that like the issues with the MG UKs in Monaco and stuff like that so I don't think it, it is as straightforward as you know outright top end being the problem i think there's a lot more to it than that yeah mm. um and you mentioned like turning down the engines and that's something if they're not already they're possibly going to have to do because so leclerc is now he's already on his third mguh and they get three per season he's on his second MGUK and they get three of those uh second of three turbos second of three internal combustion engine and he's on his fourth of eight exhausts so engine penalties are a guarantee for him yeah now. they're looming Literally, yeah. Like, yeah. literally. Well, like, I mean, hanging over them right now. Even for next race for Canada, in yeah. theory, they can bolt some parts together from different power units to make a complete one. But if they can't make that work, he could have to start taking engine penalties as soon as this weekend. See, I would have and... thought in that situation, what they would do is just go for new everything and just back like. Take as many penalties in one go as possible. Yeah, realistically. You have to like Hamilton up. did last towards yeah. the end of last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But that, like, I mean, they're all going to be was... doing that. They're all going to be doing that, mm. aren't they? They're just going to be that losing. That was like within the last four or five races of the season. This is like we're not even halfway yet. Yeah, we've it's... just passed a third, I think, haven't we? Yeah, 
it's so. really bad. Yeah. The, so how, lo- how long before Ferrari start campaigning for the rules to be changed so that they don't have to take <laughs> a penalty? That wouldn't be the first and they won't I'll, be the last. Yeah. I love that every team by like midpoint is going to have some different reason to change some different rule to some degree. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's going to have some form of complaint. I think already like pretty much every team's been down that road to be honest i think that's what i mean down like, the grid, for like last season yeah i mean if you if you take last season into account as well or like for the last sort of five or six years everyone's been trying to get rules changed to yeah. mercedes oh, yeah and it's finally it's happened telling. for them um so the only kind of silver lining glimmer of hope for ferrari really under the engine stuff is that well, there's two parts. So obviously we're under an engine freeze and I use the word freeze with enormous <laughs> inverted commas there. So the internal Bushton uh, engine component is, that is frozen. They can't make any changes to that. The ERS components, so MG Store, MG UK and H, they can still be upgraded until September. But there's also a thing within the rules that parts can be upgraded for reliability purposes so if you can prove you've brought an upgrade to help reliability that doesn't add any performance you can still do that so it's not like they're just stuck with what they've got but it's still not it's not good is it it's well, engines going right now, like it, it's just more and more that you've got to think it, we, we this is going to be a theme all season right we're going to be always coming back to this and that's cost cap budget for the year mm-hmm. every time they have one of these failures that's chunks and chunks and chunks and heaps yeah. of cash out of r&d and into yep. reliability essentially so which i guess the two go hand in hand but still you want you want to be making your car fast you want to be making as christian honor said at the start of the year you want to make a reliable a fast car reliable rather than a reliable car faster i guess so yeah i guess yeah I've kind of like I've kind of sort of nulled my own point there a little bit, but I know you mean though. Like it's yeah, it's it's easier to make a fast car reliable, I think, than it is to make a reliable car faster. Which is point in terms of, but it still costs money. Through yeah, yeah, it still costs money. But I think during the course of a season, while you're running it, it's easier to go one way than it is the other. Yeah, as I'm sure with you know everyone that's watching the sport unless it's literally your first season, anyone that's watched a complete season of Formula One can kind of see how that trend works. Like it's harder and harder to get faster through the season, but it's a lot easier to become more and more consistent and reliable. Yeah. So Thank you for validating my point. (laughs) Really, really needed that. (laughs) I just had to justify why you were quoting Christian Horner for anyone listening. Yeah, I mean, God, yeah. It's not often I agree (laughs) with Christian Horner. It's not rare. It's rare that. It's very rare. But there there is something else I agree with Christian Horner on, but we'll get to that later on, I think. We'll definitely get to that. I know know what you're talking about. Um, But yeah, I mean, I guess the kind of underlying thing for all this Ferrari stuff is there is no way they're winning a championship the way they're currently going no. at all. And like, the, the irony is after three races, everyone was worried in this sense about Red Bull. It just shows how quickly it flips, doesn't it? Because of Verstappen's two DNFs that he had in the first three mm. races and everyone, and obviously Perez didn't have the best of times, but like everyone was looking at Red Bull going, uh oh, is, you know, they're already having engines go pop, but they appear to have generally got on top of those problems. Mm. Um, I guess like... Whereas another, Ferraris another, have just got worse. 
Yeah, another another factor in this though is like if you if you are going to have these problems, at least you you can go you can roll back a bit and build some more reliability into the car over the season. Yeah, you know, once Red Bull gets the end of their sort of Honda, Red Bull and Avatari gets to the end of their engine life, they kind of like you can never really know like how long these components you can never know for sure. You can have an idea of how long your components are going to last, and obviously they're designed to to. To, 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 to function within certain tolerances so over the course of the season you do you, you take minimum penalties but you know next race we could have or, or towards the end of the season we could have red bulls going pop left right and center as well so and ferrari would have already built back in the reliability and they maybe won't have yeah. those kinds of problems so i think you if you're gonna have these problems i'd much rather have them like the first third of the season than say you know towards the end when when you get into the business end of the season because this is still going to go i, I still yeah. believe this will go down to the wire i think it's going to ebb and flow a lot more than maybe seasons mm-hmm. have in the past and those waves are probably going to sort of maybe get bigger and smaller throughout the season but i don't you know it'd be easy to walk away from this race this weekend and say oh red bull are running away with this it's easy they've got no problems but it's a long 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 season and yeah, you know, yeah. Ferrari have got plenty of time to sort of fix these issues and get on top of them and get themselves back in the mix. They Ferrari kind of kept themselves lucky. Red Bull did have those retirements yeah. early on because it would have been yeah. a much bigger gap. Yeah. Like I'm just looking at the results. Like the first three races, um, in in three races, Red Bull had three retirements across the two cars, and then they have won every single race since then. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, the Clo won. T- two of those three races and Ferrari have had four retirements then across the two cars. Like yeah. it's such a what a change in fortune. The, so the significant thing I think is where Max is finishing on the weekends that he finishes the race. Like when you look at the grand scheme of things, they've both had two retirements apiece and that's it. Like so mm. so ultimately Max is finishing better. And yeah, admittedly some of that comes from a bit of a classic, you know, team order, switch the cars. But there's also races where he's just outright won on his own pace. And when he has finished, he's either been first or on one occasion third. Well, he's not making mistakes, is he? Like, yeah. Leclerc's been making mistakes. And Leclerc's made happened. mistakes and the team have made mistakes yeah. to Leclerc's race as well. Yeah, um, Monaco, yeah, yeah. Monaco being the prime example of that. Yeah. So... When you actually look at it in the grand scheme of things, I guess DNF and reliability wise, they've kind of been on par with each other. It's been mistakes at like yeah. a personal or team level yeah. that have cost Ferrari up to this point in terms of him being so far behind Max now. So, so you could say Red Bull, is, all, all they need to do is keep doing what they need, keep keep racing, yeah, keep, just keep, keep finishing. competing, and just let everyone else implode around them, and they'll be they'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, win. Prime, prime example of that though is the team trying to get like Max to do 148 or whatever it was during the yeah. race. And I yeah. like, we'll get into it properly in a minute, but like he was obviously saying that's a bit too slow. Like, I don't know if I can keep temperature in the tech, which was, it was a lot of rubbish, but he just wanted to go faster because <laughs> the racing drivers do. But like, that's a good example of them acknowledging the fact that we're way out in front. There's no unrealistically challenging us. Let's just be safe and get to the end and minimize wear on and on the parts that we yeah. are running. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I think like this is 
it occurred to me during the race that 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 radio message that could come back that kind of attitude of let's just hammer it until the end kind of thing which is verstappen's way mm-hmm. again like with engine reliability and things like that like surely they should be saving as much of those components and, and mm-hmm. eking out the reliability well, yeah. the, the team were right in that can. scenario the team were 100 right in that scenario to be saying you know slow it down to this pace and I I do generally think that they should have put up a little bit more of a a stance against him. But I mean, what what can they do if he doesn't? You know, if he doesn't. Well, he's in the deal. car. Yeah, he's yeah. Doing like that. yeah. Until the I, race is over, they can't really do much about it. Yeah, so. and and at the same time, I appreciate from Verstappen's point of view that if you do sort of change your pattern, change your rhythm that you've got yeah. into over the course mm-hmm. of a race, because his rhythm was just you know that lap time, and it happened to be very very. And the consistency was there, wasn't the it? Consistency was there. It was doing you know yeah. a really really top job. Yeah. And suddenly, if you take a driver out of that zone of consistency and you ask them to change their pattern, that's when mistakes can happen. Because that adjustment yep. period where you're trying to figure out your new braking points and your lift points and stuff like that over that one lap, that can be when you make a mistake and you end up, in, yep. especially at a track like as a, a Baku, yeah, exactly. you can be in a wall in, in a heartbeat there. So from his side, I can see why he wanted to keep going and just not, yeah. not adjust the pattern. But you're definitely from the team side and from a championship perspective, I think it would have made sense to maybe come off of it a little bit just to prolong the life of all those components on the car because mm-hmm. it is so, so marginal, the whole there thing. There was definitely middle ground to be had, care. wasn't there? Like, yeah. he, he, yeah. Didn't, he didn't need to be, like, completely backing off and just trundling round. But he also didn't need to be trying to like pump in fast laps. So, but I, I think that's the magic of F one. It's that juxtaposition between sort of yeah. the human and the mechanical element of it, isn't it? That's yeah, one of the yeah. really cool things about it, and that's why people love it because you've got this guy who's sat in a car just being the human element of this amazing machine that he is driving, and the team. All they want is just they would rather the robots were driving the cars, whereas <laughs> the drivers is what makes it human and what makes us all want to go and watch it. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's cool. So we kind of already talked about Red Bull. Yeah, um, so let's get into the specifics. Pretty much cruised to a one-two after Ferrari imploded. Um, I think it's fair to say Perez definitely had the legs on Verstappen in qualifying, but on race pace, Verstappen was clearly the faster of the two. The gap was over twenty seconds in the end. Um, sort of seemed like Perez maybe had more of a qualifying setup on the car, like. There's a lot of talk about his tires going off faster than Verstappen's, which is like no one's tires ever go off faster than Perez's tires. So <laughs> yeah, he, he definitely seemed to have a more qualifying leading setup. I think. Um, I think that the the interest part of their race for me is lap fourteen when Verstappen caught Perez and Perez was given the no fighting instruction. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> Red Red Bull said that. Christian Horner specifically said, I don't think that was strictly team orders. It's just a question if you've got a fast car and a slower car. Um, so it's a question of let's not do anything silly. Obviously, they still have, what was it, 2018 when Verstappen and Ricardo crashed yeah. in the back of their head. Whose fault was that? But, you know, <laughs> well, let's, let's definitely not get into that game. Um, but, like, it's all right saying that, but it, it was team orders. However you dress it up, like, that was team orders. And well, So, with this, okay. But, I mean, yes, it was. Of course it was. Like, it's the team telling the driver not to fight each other. So, or telling, yeah. the, telling the lead driver, the, the driver in the lead, I should say, um, certainly not the lead driver at Red Bull, 
um, telling him, telling yeah, the team is is ordering him not to fight his teammates. So of course it's yeah. team orders to yeah. try and say it's not team orders, silly. But having said that, Verstappen was like a second quicker a lap. Well, like more yeah, than a I, quicker yeah a lap. I was about to so say so he was going to go same. past him anyway. So why why fight it, when he's going to go around him? No no problem. It was inevitable, wasn't it? Like the way he'd gained on him. <clears> and I think that was the thing. I don't think Perez was like particularly slowing down to let Max catch up. Perez was just running his race. And when Max caught up to him, that's when yeah. the message... Like, I, I'm, I'm disappointed because I thought like he was going to at least have to overtake him. Like, I understand Perez not putting up, like, a huge fight and, you know, like, moving into a defensive position and whatever. But I thought he'd at least have to overtake him. Yeah. I think if they... In the end, yeah. he didn't, sadly. If they, if they were going to give Perez a chance of winning that... If they were interested in giving Perez a chance to win that race, they would have pitted him under the virtual safety car. So yeah. he would have had fresh tyres and been able yeah. to continue. Yeah. At the, you know, all these rivals, immediate rivals, other than Verstappen, pitted at that point, and he didn't. Mm-hmm. And that was the time when you need to pit to save yourself the time. Obviously, yeah. I mean, it was just a no-brainer. It's in yeah. the pit window. Why not pit? And they left both drivers out. And I, to me, like they were leaving them out, knowing what they knew about the setup of Checo's car, and knowing what they knew about Verstappen and his pace, mm. and the way the tire deg was going on both cars. They knew that Verstappen was going to. They kind of handed but- Verstappen that race at that point. I think. Yeah, I think mm, I think and- part of what they were doing though is maybe banking on it happening again. Like, they, I think there was an element of they were trying to eke out what they were doing because if another virtual safety car or full safety car came not long after that due to another incident, it's another good up good opportunity for them to stop, but be further into the race before getting on that hard tire, allowing them more chance of pulling off the one stop that they were wanting to do. Um, so I, I think that's yeah. what they were doing in all honesty in the grand scheme of things. But I do agree with you that like the moment that knowing, knowing the way that Perez was going through his tires, the moment they didn't pit him, yeah, they were sort I of think... resigning him to second. And I'm, I, do you know what? I'm the just same... really glad we didn't see what I thought was going to happen. Cause I, I, t- I turned to Emily while we were watching it and I said to her, I can really see them just randomly pitting Perez now to essentially move him out of the way of Max Verstappen. And hmm. that that's like how cynical I've become about the way that Red Bull work. And I'm kind <laughs> of glad in, that at in, least they didn't okay. go to that extreme. In but, the chat, in the chat, they're saying that and Perez was told to pit, but I didn't see that oh, in the broadcast. There you go. Did then, so, else, I, so I was right, right to be cynical because I never heard that. But it just all came too late, I guess, because of the, Timing of where they Oh, sorry. As in, they told that... him to pit during the virtual during the virtual car. safety car. Uh, yeah. I've missed that. Then I've missed that. I don't. I yeah, didn't, I didn't see, see. I didn't see that on the broadcast. Where did Where did that that'll come from? Be... That information. And then that will be from watching the team radio. Yeah, that will be like team radios and what's been picked up after. But as well, the 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 double whammy on that was like the virtual safety car ended kind of as they were coming round into the into sector three, I think, wasn't it? So that second time around, it was gone and it it negated any benefit that they'd have had by diving him in the second time round. But, yeah. yeah. Um, so we've already slightly touched on it there, but there was kind of a race I feel like we were a bit robbed of by Leclerc retiring. Um, oh, yeah. 
So the close swap for mediums to hards under the virtual safety car lap nine. Um, and he was like a second a lap faster than Perez, who was leading at that point straight away. Um, Perez and Verstappen stayed out to lap 16 and 18, respectively. Um, so that left with Verstappen 14 seconds behind Leclerc, nine lap fresher tyres, 33 laps to go. Um, yeah, did you? I, I feel like Verstappen probably had the pace at that point to catch him, um, especially with the um, straight line advantage Red Bull have. Yeah. Uh, I guess the question is, would both Red Bulls have caught him at that point? Hmm. Perez would have been a difficult one, I think. I because th- he had quite a slow stop as well, didn't he? Yeah, that that definitely didn't help. Um, but he didn't have the same pace as Verstappen uh, throughout, and I think Leclerc was definitely more on Verstappen's level than Perez was on Leclerc's. I think if if the yeah, if the fair. Ferraris hadn't blown up, then it would have been a much more interesting remainder of the race after that because like yeah, it kind of yeah like, it's a real you know, that one, the, the whole race was going to be that seesaw of strategy between mm-hmm. at that point was going to be the seesaw of strategy between Leclerc and Verstappen and even Perez and Sainz and in it was Sainz was Sainz had pretty much dropped off when his engine or his hydraulic failure whatever it was went on him um yeah he was quite a way off them wasn't he, the top three but yeah Leclerc really looked like he was still in the mix and yeah I think it would have been, it definitely would have been a bit more, I hate to like quote sort of team principles, but it would have been a bit more cat and mouse during the race itself. Mm-hmm. And then once Leclerc was out of the race, obviously no one, we weren't really going to have a race. It's a shame we didn't get a proper race between Verstappen and Perez. I think Perez would have, Perez kind of dropped off and just didn't, wasn't really interested in doing much after that because he did he did get the fastest he lap. made a few mistakes as well i did think he? in the mm. second but, phase, um, yeah. yeah in terms of like the 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 race we were robbed of absolutely like that that race would have been far far more interesting if leclerc was still in there <laughs> and still sort of oh pushing because sure. uh, they were close man they were really really close i think you could have even got to a point you know the the fact that Verstappen didn't have anyone pushing him, he didn't have anyone making him use his tires, is a is yeah. a contributing factor to how easy he found it. Um, I think if Leclerc was mm. there, there would have been periods of time where he would have had to push and he would have taken more life out of the tower tires. You know, got the car hotter. There would have been factors that affected his speed that never surfaced because there just wasn't enough competition for him. So yeah, 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 it's totally. unfortunate. Uh, right, let's talk Mercedes and I guess by extension, as we always have to, poor boy thing. Hmm. Um, sorry, sorry, Russell, another podium for him somehow. Picked up the pieces from Ferrari. Yeah. Um, just continues to be a very consistent driver yeah. this season. Just There's not much more we can say other than he continues to be very he good. He can drive a crap dolphin. That's what he can do. Yeah. yeah. Top five yet again. He loves the top five. He's, the he's um, killing it. He's absolutely killing it. Yeah, he really is. Um, very hard for fourth place for Hamilton um, with what was probably the worst of the poor boys we've seen all season. Um, Hamilton was running some experimental uh, rear suspension parts this weekend, which <laughs> actually made things worse. It um, seemed to kind of go some way to explain the deficit between the two of them. Um, like some of the onboards through the sort of 
the flat um, twist toward the end of the lap, and he was like bottoming out and nearly losing it through that like scary stuff through yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Like those kinks have always been just easy flat for every generation of F1 car that's been there, and it's the first time I've seen someone close to losing it through there. Yeah. Um, he said it's the most painful race ever experienced. He was literally struggling to get out of the car at the end of the race, which is. I guess, I can't it wasn't a Discord like brought up. Well, surely he's failing the. You have to be able to get out of the car within X seconds. Test there, and it's kind of like that's a good point. The, the the drivers all have to prove that can do that, but it's like at what point do you have to prove you can do yeah. that? It's, uh, it's I suppose I suppose there's a difference between getting out of the car at the end of the race, doing that many laps, and getting out of the car in an emergency. Yeah, I think which I think, you, which I think was yeah, kind of your point at the time, Chris. Like when the adrenaline kicks in because yeah. You've been in an accident. Yeah. You'd probably get out of it. A heck of a yeah, lot yeah, 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 yeah. I think yeah. Once you've got flames licking up around it. your helmet, you're like you forget all about the pain. Yeah. And you just jump out and and yeah. get the heck out of there. But yeah, it, it, it still doesn't make it good or exactly. right. But it's it's a factor. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, like this this whole issue seems to be like coming to a bit of a head. Like obviously, Mercedes and their two drivers have been the most vocal, but like. Most drivers on the grid now have been have various degrees of quieter or louder, like voicing concerns about this and talking about the sort of back and neck problems I've been having. Um, and there's like, there's a push from some teams and from all but one of the drivers mm. for the FIA to do something about this issue. Um, other teams, obviously, most notably and vocally, Red Bull, who haven't been suffering from this issue as much sort of are suggesting that this is being exaggerated to push for changes. Um, Christian Horner said, ultimately, you can just raise the ride height and you'll be slow, but you won't have the problem. Total like, Wolf has said it's not as simple as that. That's so, so um, it's a bit too simplistic to say you can raise the ride height and that solves the problem because it's, when you raise the well, ride I mean, height, you have your suspensions. You know, all these things are interlinked. Like just simply raising the yeah. high right, ride height you, you can't you don't just raise the ride height of a car there's other yeah. you know there's things that have to stiffen up stiffen up and and loosen up and stuff in order to mitigate that that change in setup so it's not it's never as simple as just raise the ride height it's it's much it's, it's a far more yeah. complicated sport than just raising the so, ride height sadly I, I will say is feeding the trolls on, on twitter at that point definitely definitely and to, to be fair to Christian Horner, I will say okay, what journalist it was said to him, well, what would you be saying to your drivers if it was you suffering these problems? And Christian Horner was like, I'd tell them to bitch and moan at every opportunity they had to try and get some rules changed. Yeah. So at least he owns his hypocrisy. I mean, we all, we all know, that, I mean, we all know what a hypocrite he is. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just look at um, um, cars making it back to the pits under their own steam, to tell you. <laughs> but like... Some something needs to change, doesn't it? And like, yeah, I'll tell you what, what needs to change. Like, I'll sure, tell you like... what needs to change. They need to make the teams need to all go out and make Red Bulls. <laughs> That's pretty much what needs to change. <laughs> yeah. well. uh, you know what? Like this whole argument of let's let's change the rules to suit. Um, let's change the rules to make it so that the cars aren't porpoising. No. Everyone make car just make cars that don't porpoise. Maybe I'm being overly simplistic but was, there, but like, wouldn't they have already done that if they could? 
Well, I mean, like, okay, yes. So, so this is this is what bothers me about this. Like, Christian Horner has said more or less that it's like it's not fair to change the rules for the teams that haven't done as good a he's job right. in like <laughs> the teams that have. But if he's right, then he doesn't get to change the yes, budget cap rules exactly yeah. because say. they would be penalising the teams that did the job Absolutely. well. Like, you can't have it both Absolutely. ways. I agree. I agree. And I agree one hundred percent with you. He is right, and yeah. he. He's also wrong. Also, on the same <laughs> merit, shouldn't be campaigning to have the budget rules changed. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, I, I feel like that's all <laughs> that well and good the story in just... theory. Alexi is definitely just <laughs> dove straight on a meme generator to do that. Yeah, that <laughs> One is should not really good. You can see it's <laughs> very good. <laughs> that really spell should wrong. <laughs> yeah, and if you want to get in on the banter, you can join the Discord by becoming, Discord <laughs> by becoming a patron. Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> like the the thing is, like there's there's no. It's not. I don't think it's a simple thing to just build a car that won't do it. No, particularly with a budget cap. Yeah. I do think something needs to be done about this. I don't think the teams are going to like come together and get a solution between them because that's not how no. Formula One teams work. And like I do, I do think it's reaching a stage where the FAA need to step in and do something because, like, ultimately, like it's not a good look to have drivers complaining about mm. pain and literally struggling to get out of cars. Like, or like ultimately, if if drivers keep knackering their spines in these cars like you're either going to have teams just having to sit out races or you're going to have like substitute drivers having to yeah. step in and I mean, like no, none of that's no one wants that no, you know you want to see you, you want to see the drivers that we've got whoever the driver is they're all there they've all got their drives they're the drivers you want to see doing the mm-hmm. races this season you know yeah that's that. and like back problems are no joke yeah, either no, like not at all it's not it's they're not the sort of thing that's just like oh it's got a bit worse oh it's got a bit better like back problems can just be like now you're in agony Forever. like now yeah. you've got a back problem that we, yeah will never go away like there's a, there's a genuine chance that one of these drivers could get like a bad injury from this and you know I know that's maybe a bit of a dramatic thing but like it is a possibility. Well, I think, I think and... when you see when you when you see drivers getting out of cars and the struggling i mean you know you don't it's hard to you don't know how much hamilton how much pain hamilton was in and how much of this is even like a game to say you know to, to politically to make the thing you know i, I don't want to you know I, oh, i'm not nerves, saying he was yeah. i'm not saying he was faking it but <laughs> the nerve if, if i had an agenda and i wanted an easy way of showing people that i was <laughs> if i had a gender and i was trying to run it then i would jump I, well i wouldn't jump out of that car i would very slowly get out of that car and show everyone how much pain i was in so i think like i think he probably I, you know i'm not saying he was faking it i think he probably was in a in a bit of pain like i, I think you'd be mad to say I, it'd be such a stretch to um to, yeah, that's. I've, I've that. already seen dark corners of the internet. Yeah, I mean, well, welcome to the dark. I mean, you let me on this podcast, so <laughs> it's about as dark as it gets. I mean, um, in in your defence, Stu, you're the biggest Hamilton fan out of the three of us. I would say so. I watch for me. Yeah, if, if anyone, if if anyone's allowed to say he was faking, it's you out of the three of us. Yeah, but <laughs> I think, you know what? Like the flip side of it is like 
I don't hate him for it if he is. <laughs> like, <I> kind of, <laughs> we're in, a, in a sport where Christian Horner can say the, that car made it back to the pits under its own steam yeah, on exactly. the back of a on the back of a tow truck, <laughs> then. Lewis Hamilton can get out of a car and pretend he's got back pain. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> Yeah, like if 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 do by doing that he's drawing attention to Yeah, him. that's so, yeah. my point. Yeah, he's drawing like you know, maybe he probably was in a lot of back pain. If he wasn't in that it, that much pain but he still did that and he's drawing attention to the problem, then fair play. That's part of the game, man. That is part of the game in Formula 1 is like if you want things to go a certain way, you have to make everyone believe that you've got the right point of view and things are things need to things need to change. You need to show people yeah. that things need to change. And what better way of and again, I'm not saying he was faking it, but what better way of showing everyone <laughs> that something needs to change by visibly putting that kind of thing on display? It's look, it's only like squeaky wheel gets the yeah, grease. It's right? only like it's no different. For if, if if that was happening, which I don't believe it is, but if that was happening, <laughs> just a caveat, just so we don't get cancelled. If that was happening, it would be no different from uh, a, 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 you know going down on a football field, right? It's yeah, that it's, same it's like professional foul. Kind almost, of like it's it? that like, same kind of you know yeah playing for a penalty kind not of professional like, foul, it's but not like, a professional yeah, foul, but like simulation. Yeah, simulation. It's, it. yeah, exactly. Which is uh, yeah, but. But I don't think that's what's happening, so it's okay. It, yeah, it's... So I've seen some people suggesting that, like, do they need to, like, start putting some kind of sensors around the drivers? And if, like, yeah, maybe the drivers are experiencing, like, certain forces, then, you know, they get black... Wait a minute, don't they already but, have, like, cars full of sensors that know how many G figures? 6G, apparently, was the, well, was yeah, the bouncing like the... In, in the car. Yeah. So imagine like so, isn't it? six like, times your own body weight being smashed down into the floor. But even then, that's like putting the onus on the teams to fix the problem. Yeah, and still. I, I don't. The doors. The, the, the question is: Are the teams not fixing a problem they can fix because it will make them slower? And... That's the problem in, in itself. I think fundamentally is the teams that have been able to fix it without compromising their speed, i.e. Red Bull, aren't, aren't really suffering with it. Teams that are sort of somewhere half and half, I would say, like Ferrari, where they do get it on longer straights, but generally the car is okay for the most part. And then the Mercedes, I mean, we saw it like not disappear in Spain, but the view after Spain was, oh, it looks like they've got a handle on on what's going on here. Mm. But obviously, they've seen something in the pace, in my opinion, that's led them back down the route of, that is not the solution, we need to do something else. Which which would mean that they feel they've lost performance by solving mm. the problem. Well, Toto, was saying, to... Toto mm. was saying that the reason they were quick in Spain was because the track was super smooth, except for obviously the end of the, the straight, which has never been yeah, that smooth. And it the... did actually look pretty smooth this year. But allegedly, Azerbaijan is very smooth. Well, a few drivers after this weekend have been saying it's it's in need of a resurfacing now because it hasn't been. That's quite a juxtaposition pre race when everyone said this surface is really smooth (laughs) and shouldn't have much effect on tyre deg other than the heat. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Formula One, everyone. Canada, Canada's notoriously you got to hit bumps hard. You got to you got to hit curbs hard. Yeah, it, it, it is a bumpy track, so. 
I don't expect to see Mercedes doing much here. But then once they get to Silverstone um, after that, if Mercedes do well, then, you know, Silverstone is billiard table smooth. Mm. Like that is a really, really well maintained, yeah. really well used circuit. So, yeah, that'll, that'll, I think Mercedes should be strong there. But if they're not, then who knows what's causing. I mean, everyone knows this. Yeah. It, this is the thing. Like, you know, again, to say raising the ride height is going to solve the problem, it's not because if bumps are triggering the problem, then raising the high, ride height could could potentially yeah. even make the problem worse because it make the car bounce at a higher higher and then After. come down harder and yeah. and you know be even more problematic for the drivers. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, it's it's not a simple problem. If it was a simple problem, would they would have yeah, fixed it already. Like yeah. Formula One engineers are smart yeah. people. I wonder if they've like stiffened the floor. Like I keep thinking about the um, the Haas where they just suddenly found a load of pace just because they made their mm. floor like way way stiffer. But then that pace seems to have disappeared now. So it's yeah. such a conundrum these regulations, aren't they? Like, but that's but, the that's the whole idea. And like other than. Other than Ferrari and Red Bull, like the the running order seems to change. So, like the, these cars just seem more susceptible to circuit yeah. by circuit variations than we're used I mean, to. Look I, at, think. I think. Look at Gasly this weekend. It's such, yeah, it's such a turn. Al- yeah, AlphaTauri for... have been like what struggling for points essentially for the most part. I mean, they've not had like a. It's not like they've been regularly in the points like we potentially expect them to be. But then look at Gaza this weekend and how like on the pace of the the midfield he was and fet like I mean one of the better best of the rest kind of drives realistically in the grand yeah. scheme of things wasn't it last three last three races the best result they had was the tenth mm. place and then all of a sudden this race they're both running in yeah. well into points for most of it. Um, actually, while we talk about Terry, I guess we'll mention them. Uh, obviously, yeah, I was mentioned fifth place for Gasly really strong. Um, I would argue this was maybe Sonoda's best weekend of the season. Um, qualified eighth, running a really comfortable sixth in the race, um, had some good fights. Um, and then his rear wing decided it wanted <laughs> yeah. to be two wings. <laughs> Plural, um, pluralized really, itself. Really, really gutting. <laughs> yeah, like really gutting for him. Uh, Sonoda deserved a really good result this weekend. It's a real shame. Yeah, Watching um, them frantically try to tape it I, up with shiny gaffer tape as well was pretty hilarious oh honestly <laughs> my favorite thing about that is that um oh what's his name the fia technical delegate yeah, joe bear yeah, is yeah. it yeah apparently he was sprinting down the pit lane to have a look at it and decide whether it like was safe or not and alpha terry were basically they knew he was coming so they were taping it up as fast as they could to get the car back out before joe bear turned <laughs> up to have a look that's amazing it. which like I have concerns with an F1 team sending out a car with a broken rear wing taped together on a track like this. Mm-hmm. That's not great, but there is something quite funny about. Could yeah, there's, there's something taped, almost like club motorsport about that, isn't there? Yeah, there yeah. really is. I love that. Um, or even like Le Mans, you expect to, it was at Le Mans over the weekend. You expect to see cars running around with bits taped on at Le Mans, but not at F1. Um, also, I have a complaint. Oh. oh. Um, Sonoda was shown the meatball flag. For anyone who doesn't ah. know, the meatball flag is it's the it's a black flag with an orange circle that is the you have to come into the pit. We're telling you to come in to mm-hmm. fix the damage. 
No, no meatball flag graphics. We didn't actually see a meatball flag. It's the first time there's been one in F1 in forever, and there were no graphics and for it. I was very you just explained there... why there wasn't a graphic for it. Is there any graphic for yeah. any other flag, though? Probably not. Well, they normally show, like, some kind of... Like, the when, when someone gets a warning, they show a little symbol of, like, the black and white flag, don't they, at the top of the screen? I mean, there was. A, I don't care. I don't care what the graphics defi- are like. I want my. There was definitely flag. a message there. There was definitely flag. a message there that said "black and orange flag for Sonoda." Yeah, it was in the FIA. Um, box it, yeah, as well. it was in they the like. In the, yeah. It was in like incident FIA being box. investigated kind of box that you normally get. Yeah. So yeah, there wasn't a picture of the meatball, meatball, but I mean it that was would be, at least mentioned. That would require forward planning, Chris, <laughs> and a knowledge of what your own rules are. I was I was disappointed. <laughs> Not something they often. I must say with that I was disappointed by like how little feedback as to what was going on there was. I mean I don't know what it was like on Sky, but there was a lot of confusion as to if it was opening on its own or if it was that it was opening when he pushed the button and it was just wasn't fully opening. Like there was never any clarity as to because yeah. to me from the way I saw it, it initially looked like. He was just pushing for DRS when it was available to him, and it was uh, only half of it was opening, which yeah, to me is like, me. yeah, he's like a yeah, come in, tape it up, or or whatever, try and undo the other half of it if it's stuck, wh- whatever it needs to be safe again on track. But then, depending on where the footage was from, the, it looked like there was bits of the track where you could see the linkage was broken and it had opened itself. Which is obviously about, yeah. very dangerous. Yeah, because the actuator yeah. just like came clean yeah, off. So it was uh, there was a lot weird of one. really weird one. Oh, was, well, there wasn't a lot of anything. There was a lack of clarity about that. Yeah, but then you know they can't. You can't know everything though. Like it's difficult in situations like that, especially yeah. when it's when it's a um, reliability issue. You know, you, you see you, you yeah. see smoke coming out of the back of the cars. They don't they still don't have a clue what's going on with the car. I a lot think. Of the time. Yeah, I, I think the only thing that would have helped was would have been knowing exactly where the footage was from i guess because if you know the footage isn't a drs zone you know you yeah. don't push the button for it There's and that, that yeah. definitely wasn't clear at the time sadly but yeah. it, that's just it, heat of the race isn't it that's what exactly yeah. it's, 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 a, it's a tough job it's race yeah. coverage it's just one of those things you can't know everything you know yeah exactly yeah um while we're talking about drivers that deserved a better result um joe Granu out qualified yeah. bottas i think for the first time um, he'd climbed from 14th on the grid up into the points. Um, he's only he's only scored one point so far, hasn't he? Um, he was yeah looking really good. So mm. real shame that he he has a hydraulics failure for him as well. Um, yeah, but wanted to give him a mention because he deserved a much better yeah, result. Was on okay result, wasn't he? Uh, let's talk McLaren. So they ended up finishing eighth and ninth. Um, Ricardo ahead of Norris. Um, it's the first time, the first race where they've both finished that Ricardo was ahead since first race of the season. Um, thanks in part to team orders, um, although both drivers were a little annoyed by team orders at different points in the race. So early on in the race, because Ricardo started on hards, didn't he? He did the opposite strategy. And early on, he got asked to stay behind Norris because they were trying to get Norris to overcut um alonso um but they kind of left ricardo out to dry there and ultimately that sort of gave gasly the opportunity to pass ricardo then at the end of the race norris was told to hold position behind ricardo um 
I don't know. What do we think? Like they, they were both a bit miffed about those decisions. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like it was kind. Of, I, I was surprised to be honest at how much. I mean, it shows you what a dull race it was after Le, after Leclerc retired <laughs> because everyone was suddenly really interested in this. You know, Norris versus Ricardo battle for eighth and ninth, and you kind of just like I ain't care. Yeah, <laughs> I know? think like there was yeah. there was a point where. If Norris had the pace, there was a legit sort of reason to get him just immediately past Ricardo to go attack Alonso for a higher position. There was there was definitely legit reasoning to go down that route, but it was yeah, wasn't, though. Like Ricardo, had that was it. Pace, As, he looked yeah. like he had pace initially, but then when it actually came down to it, or well, sorry, when Ricardo was basically told, "If you can't pick up the pace." we're going to get you to let Lando pass to attack Alonso. Suddenly, Daniel Ricciardo found some pace, I guess, and was able to kind of keep <laughs> Norris at bay. And, I mean, there was literally a radio message from Norris saying, like, I'm I'm pushing as much as I can now, and, you know, th- this is what I've got. So, yeah, it, I don't know. It, I understand the logic of, at, at that exact moment, it, they were right in considering, should we switch? let him attack, get a better position overall, and then if it doesn't work out, swap back. I mean, that that to me is always quite fair when it comes to teams and racing. Like, it is, but it's messy though, isn't it? It is messy, but I mean, when you're on different strategies and, and stuff like that and different tyre compounds at different lives and you've got different pace, like there's, there's definitely an element of all that to be considered. And I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's better for them to be picking up a seventh place by him being able to go and get Alonso if he could have than yeah, go coming eighth and ninth. No, no, I don't think in the grand scheme of things he would on the pace that we saw him have. It was more just like I don't have any issue with the team thinking like that in that moment. And the fact that they just left mm-hmm. them as they were in the end when Ricardo kind of showed he had got the same pace available to him, they that was the right thing to do. I think it maybe got a bit blown out of proportion yeah. with the way the fact Definitely. that, like Stu said, yeah. because we'd lost the race at the front with Leclerc retiring when he did, <laughs> this kind of mundane conversation between teammates and pit wall basically got blown way out of proportion and got super focused <laughs> that it just wouldn't yeah, have yeah. got normally. Just not at interesting. All. <laughs> That's the no. thing. It's the battle for eighth <laughs> and ninth. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, there's yeah. the Ricardo angle of um, Ricard. There's Ricardo's struggling. Are they going to sort of let Norris by kind of thing? But yeah, I mean, it's just not that interesting, is it? And <laughs> Sorry, I think <laughs> on top of all of that, no, it's fine. on top of all that, though, it is worth saying that a really good weekend for Ricardo yeah. that he really needed. Yeah. Like he was only, he's about a tenth and a half off Norris in qualifying. I only started one position behind him. Um, made the alternate strategy work, had good pace. Um, he, he really needed yeah, that. Yeah, and it'll sort of, it'll boost his confidence, I think, a bit, having sort of beat his teammate and kind of got mm. the job done. Kind of, You know, it can't hurt him, can it, to have finished ahead of his teammate. Um, and it makes you wonder if that was in McLaren's head when they decided to tell them to mm. hold positions as well. Kind of like, a, we, we're finishing in these two positions regardless. Danny probably needs yeah. a W right now. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, just switching them for the for the same eighth and ninth for the team is just 
utterly atrocious in in regards of their respect for Danny Ricardo if they'd have done that. Yeah, like that is just disrespectful. The position they are in the championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, they were right. However, if that was Red Bull, this whole story would be much more interesting. (laughs) Um, What's the next thing that we've got to talk about? (laughs) Um, I mean, we've got a lot to cover, so. There's, there's definitely drives in this race that we haven't talked about, but let's use driver of the day as like a route to talk about some I other agree. drivers. I agree. Like, I mean, we've we've kind of touched on Gasly already. He's up. He's definitely up there for me on that on that front. Um, Vettel mm-hmm. was somebody who had a really solid drive, and we've not mentioned at all so far. I think. I think if Vettel had not made that mistake trying to pass. Um... Yeah, was it? I think was, he was trying to pass. It was one of the Alphataris. Yeah, one of the Alphataris. Yeah. If if he if not for that mistake, I think Vettel would be my pick for driver of the day. Yeah. It's a shame that little mistake kind of was a mark against him, but still, like at least in Vettel's hands, that car seemed to take a step forward this mm. weekend. Um, and yeah, really solid. It's race. almost like copying the Red Bull works. Uh, yeah. <laughs> who, who, who knew? knew? <laughs> um, I I felt like Signs was like doing. Uh, yeah, he was running in fourth, but like I felt like he was having probably one of his better drives this season before he um <laughs> before he, his. I think that probably says more about the rest <laughs> yeah, of yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe that, I don't think it's driver of the day worthy. Mm. Probably worth worth mentioning mm. that he's had shocking look. We've not really touched on Signs' retirement. Like he's had an absolute stinking look all season yeah he just can't seem to get his eye in but when no like he's made a lot of mistakes himself but when he's driving well something else always seems to go against him like he's just having one of those i don't know yeah i don't necessarily know if his race pace was there he seemed quite off the top three yeah he was a way back but leading up to that like the rest of the weekend from what i remember it actually gone quite well for him really yeah, quite smooth. like he was yeah yeah up to he that was point. he was very much in mm. touch with the others qualifying wise and it was all going back and forth between the four of them really wasn't it um yeah. well he, I mean, he, he was he was having like that steady weekend that he needed just yeah. to get 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 back on the ball and get going again and sort of start trying to build himself a, a, a starting point to have a season from yeah and once again the rug has just been pulled from under him and yeah, sorry, Tom. I rudely interrupted you. No, no, you. It's same point, really. Like, okay, I, I th- he was just getting somewhere. I think if he'd have, um, if he'd have got a toe in qualifying, I think he was. He had a front row in him, mm. I think for sure. But I don't know if that was his fault or the team's fault. But he was just in the wrong place for his last running. So, who are we giving driver of the day to then? Um, do you know who I think mine is? Go on. I think it's Hamilton. Hmm. I think. Despite despite the car trying to dismantle him, stretch him, and squash him, um, and it was it was a really like feisty drive from Hamilton. Like he, he had to make some overtakes overtake, to get to where he was, um, didn't he? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, um, really fast when he needed to be. Yeah, really really good drive. I thought from Hamilton. I would agree with that. I think I I don't really have much choice but to give it to Lewis Hamilton after all the crap I've been giving him. So. <laughs> I should probably give Lewis Hamilton drive of the day too. Okay, I'll let I'll let you two officially give it to him then, and I'll keep my vote with Gasly just for the yeah, interest. That's, of, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, just, 
<laughs> just for integrity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, let's talk about a move of the day. A couple of candidates are Vettel's. One wasn't necessarily an overtake. Um, it was more <laughs> the, the little spin that he did when he recovered from that that dive pond yeah. down the escape road. Um, and he also had a quite decent move on Ocon, didn't he, around, uh, around the outside at turn three. Yeah. Which was quite impressive. I'm, I'm trying to think if there was anyone that wasn't Vettel that had, like, an out there overtake. Like, yes, there were overtakes, but Vettel's, that one's kind of stood out as being a bit, ooh, that's a nice place to, to make a move. Yeah, because... A number of people tried it around the outside at turn three and didn't make it stick. And I think all the other moves at turn three were managing to get up the inside mm. um, or having like enough over speed to get completely ahead. That was the only like real side by side through turn mm. three one. Um, yeah, I could give that my vote. I can give you that my any... vote for sure. Nothing else is like leaping to mind. No, there was that... like, there was some of Hamilton's think... moves were pretty good, like, but they were all like huge tire advantage moves, some of them. So. All the big ones are quite yeah. quite big tire advantage. So I, like there was one or two. Mm. Into, there was one into turn one. I think when he was who was getting by. I think it was Gasly. No, was it Gasly? Or Ocon. Ocon yeah, was, I think when he when he got Ocon, no, that was Ocon. a pretty good move. Yeah, but. didn't I was going to say didn't Vettel have a, a move on Ocon at some point? But it that that was the one where he ended up dive bombing down the um down the escape the road escape and one eighty and. Yeah, did it was it was Ocon that that was yeah, on because yes, he kind of done him with the DRS and then just outbraked himself because of that. I don't know if he'd hit if he'd hit like a bounce or anything, but um, yeah, it was it was Ocon. So it doesn't matter. I thought yeah, it got that was the him, first but... that was the first attempt at Ocon, and then that dropped yeah. him down a few places, yeah. and then he eventually yeah. got back and got back up and had another crack at it. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm going to go Vettel. Yeah, that, that's easy then. Um, and then speaking of uh, Mr. Vettel. Honestly, what the f*** are we doing here? It's quite a few this week, I think. Yeah, hole in the wall cam is my um, vote, gets my vote straight away from that list. Like, oh, why? God. Like, literally, like 90% of, so of that bad. shot is just a wall going by. <laughs> like, you don't... You don't so wa- bad. I, I'm getting really bored of this, like... You know, I don't mind creativity. Yeah, I don't mind like an interesting shot. I don't mind stuff that looks cool. But that is just a random shot for the sake of it. And it's not necessarily good. And it like, has to be good. I could almost forgive it if they did yeah, it yeah, once. Oh, here's a funny thing we can do. We can go from this hole, go by one, go a different yeah. hole, do it once. Yeah, do it once, fine. The second time <laughs> they did it, I'm like, it the first time. Like, why are you doing it again? It's so true. Can I, can, can I ask? Yeah. Did it? these end up on like Vimeo or anything or YouTube for me to see it because I genuinely didn't notice it during the F1 coverage. Yeah. Really? So either I I was looking away at the moment um, it happened or what, I don't know, but I genuinely did not see Hole in the Wall cam. But um, it, I mean, it's not, it's really not worth going and looking for Tom. <laughs> yeah, I just want to, I just want to see it. Exactly I know how bad it like... was. Um, I think there's there's worse things I want to give. Okay, this go on then. Um, Nominate something. So what? what one honourable mention: Latifi managed to pick himself up a five second penalty <laughs> and a point on his license for ignoring twelve blue flags when Gasly was, was trying to pass awful. It. And do you know what his excuse? Do you know what his excuse was? To be real honest with you, but go on. 
his excuse was, oh, I was trying to help Pierre because if I stayed ahead by the DRS zone, Hamilton would be able to overtake yeah, him. Yeah, right. Help take him. So I was trying to help Keep him. Out. Right. All right. The thing is, do you know, do you know what? All right, Nicky. He, he was definitely having a shocker when it came to that because there was a point where I went to watching the timing screens on the app on my phone and it's um, he's got like a nice little sort of, it's not like a circuit map because it's just a line, but you know, like a, where everybody is on the lap kind of thing. And I was watching that dot yeah. whilst I was looking at people's times and everything. And Perez was stuck behind him for so long. So Verstappen had just lapped him and Perez was just behind him for like nearly two thirds of the lap. And I was sat thinking to myself, like he's hundred percent close enough. Like it got to the point where I was tempted to go to Perez's onboard just to see what on earth was going on. And and then he started popping up saying he was being investigated for blue flags. I'm like, I'm not surprised. Like, it's just held Perez up yeah. for like most of the lap. Hmm. So it does make me ask the question again: Where was this ruling Marco? <laughs> but we're not. Yeah, yeah. That's um, I think I think the one for me is qualifying Stroll managing to crash twice in the space of about two oh, so you do it again. I missed miss qualifying <laughs> because I was at a wedding. So. Oh man. Oh man. Stroll I can't remember what corner it was, but Stroll went nose first into the barriers, backed out, wing seemed all right. Instead of coming to the pits, he went off and started another flying lap. And I think he got as far as turn two and yeah. just put it in the wall the second time. And I was straight away I was like, oh that yeah. wing must have failed and mm. like gone onto the no. car and that's good. No, he just yeah, he just crashed it again. Yeah, it was terrible. Was there a safety car or a it's red flag or anything as a result of this? We, uh, it was at the like it was at the end of a session. Uh, I think was, was that the red flag? People. Was that not the red flag that? Um, oh, they're all they're all they're all screaming red flag. Uh, in the chat. It was, it was the red flag in Q one that then caused everyone to go get their extra. Oh run. yeah, of course. Yeah, I didn't. And they caused all the stupid queue in the pits for everyone going back out. Yes, and everyone, no one got a lapping. Yeah. Yeah. There's some all thanks to Mr. Strong chat today, by the way. Excellent gift work, everyone. Mm. I mean, the tape together rear wings. Mm. I do like break. that a lot for a just WTF. It's not very Formula One, is it? Just put a load of gaffer tape on it. No, it was that, that is quite um, funny. I'm really torn between like, yeah, holding the wall and taking the rear wing of my two. Um, for me, it has to be holding the wall. I'm so sick and tired of seeing these like really dumb <laughs> shots that are just not adding anything to it. Like, if you're gonna do that. Be selective so that when you do do something interesting, it's actually interesting and not just dumb. Like maybe I'm being like overly opinionated on it because of like what I do, but like I think it makes it. it I think it, it just looks silly. It, it, it makes me. it makes the whole like it's quite a serious sport. And like when you think of like the technical expertise and stuff that goes into it, and it just feels a bit like they don't really care about the quality of the broadcast when they do stuff like that. So. <laughs> There you go. That's some, yeah, yeah, that's, that's I found it. A, I found a picture of it. It's but imagine WTF. that. Imagine it's WTF. that. Imagine that. And then they pull out of that hole, swoop past a whole load of wall, and go into another hole to watch the car go by from I mean, another please. hole. Please. That's I'm all glad we have transcripts on this podcast. Because like <laughs> <laughs> someone will start questioning the content. It's the dumbest, dumbest, <laughs> it's the dumbest thing. Like, g- genuinely. When we were talking about it, in my head, it wasn't as I don't didn't remember it being quite as bad as it was. And now I've seen an image. Yeah, I mean, of it. that's a photo. That's a photo that's from like Getty or something, isn't it? But uh, it was yeah. it's the same it, thing. It was from stupid. 
a British newspaper that I'll not name. That's where I've got it from. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. So like, I'm voting for that now. I've seen it's it. That it's thing of oh, it's yeah. a, the, the argument against like not doing it would be oh, it's a unique shot that shows the unique qualities of the track. No, it's just crap. Stop doing it, please. It's <laughs> it's just yeah. yeah look I mean, like I'm here to watch Formula One. People pay. People pay money to see this, not to yeah. see seconds worth of frames of brick wall. It's one of those things that's it's good like for like they do the... a personal photo. Like if you took it yourself, you'd think, "Oh, I'm quite artsy. This is this is fun." Or, or it's good for mm. a photograph, like just to it's good once set a bit of a seat, yeah, and maybe play around with doing it as like a bit of video coverage in a practice session or something, where it's a bit like, do you know what I mean? Like there's not more important things to be showing. But yeah. yeah, to have it multiple again, times during the race, I'm glad I didn't see yeah. it. I mean, I did only see it. I, to be fair, I did, you know, maybe I'm being a bit harsh. I did only see it twice. But the first, like I said, the first time wasn't that cool. The second time it was just why again. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, next next we should. I'm laboring this now. So yeah, right. We've done that. So what we're giving it to hole in the wall. Let's that's that's just a fact. So yeah. I'm going to move us on because of time constraints. So it's time to visit predictions corner, which is now officially brought to you by Grid Rival. So we'll be talking about that in a minute too as well. Um, but yeah, I'm going to talk about Preds first, and because Stu has had his best week, I've broke my yeah. duck. <laughs> He's got well, you'd already got one point, <laughs> but now you've scored another two. You've tripled your tally yeah, for the I season indeed, yeah. by I've going to the Reeled you guys in by a point each <laughs> as well. Yeah, so um, I can start. I've, I've done a science. I can start building my season from here. <laughs> Hey, we've all got to start somewhere, mate, and it's quite easy to catch us at the minute because I'm barely over 10, I think, overall. Um, so, yeah, Chris got a point solitary for Leclerc on pole, well, Masterson Q3, and I got a solitary point for a Verstappen win. So, Stu was the one that was right to mix it up a bit rather than going a double. Um, in terms of you yeah. lot, uh, the highest score this week was a three, so not that much better than Stu. So, there you go, Stu. Oh, wow. Um, 14 people scored a three, so I haven't got time to run through all the names, sadly, but head to backofthegrid.com slash prediction hyphen standings, and you can see <laughs> where you are. Um, I mean, the majority of people went some kind of combination of Leclerc, Verstappen, Norris, with the odd person saying, um, sorry, Norris's finishing position, to be specific. Odd person went for 15 finishes or the science DNF which felt a little bit negative, but it got on the point, so... Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking <laughs> with fourth. Yeah. I don't know where. That, that was a really I think odd, we, odd were, we were seeing issues at the front, which happened, but yeah. we were seeing Mc, uh, McLaren being there to kind of clean up the mess rather than Mercedes. Like, yeah. maybe George being there, but not Lewis, given the poor poison yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. McLaren just weren't on the pace, really, were they, sadly? No. So I think that's where we went, but... Yeah, by the by. Um, overall, it's tied at the top between Tom Thorne and Sarah Blust at the moment. They're both on 15 points. And then there's a huge group, uh, about six people, all tied behind them on 14. So very, very tight at the top still. Um, and then, yeah, moving over to Grid Rival. Um, well, I'm going to say OG Smoke has had a blinder of a weekend in Grid Rival. So top three <laughs> finishes this week in Grid Rival were OG Smoke, Hockey Saj and Cat Forbes. Um, and they were all comfortably over a thousand points, which is impressive in itself. Uh, OG Smoke had a thousand and sixty-three um by uh 
to take the win and also had the largest increase in budget due to that of 8.5 million, which gives them a lot to play with next week. Um, and was also one of the biggest movers because two people jumped 53 places this week, being OG Smoke and Fester F1. So congratulations to both of you for climbing those uh, standings. Uncle Fester yes. in the game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the top three overall now is Green Lantern Corps on 7,761 points, closely followed by um, ID Depraz and Darth Tater. So Darth Tater is still up there. Was a leader at one point. Was a leader at one point. Maybe, not, maybe a Ferrari contract yeah, or two in there. It's a long season, guys. It's a long it season. Is, it's, it's a very long season. Name. It's still quite close up there. Uh, and then just a very quick stop into the official fantasy. McCheco of the Discord and Patreon won this week with a score of 232. Uh, close followed by Rotazone and Tori M, both using Max as a mega driver to score some big points. Uh, and then overall, uh, Alpine, RT, Team Odors and Scoot oh, are our top three. <laughs> like yeah. that, someone called someone called Oliver uh, is all PNRT, which I like. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that covers our grid rival sponsored predictions and fantasy section. We'll be back to it in a minute to talk Canada, but that's it for now. Um, S- Storylines. Yeah. Speaking of Canada, let's talk Canada. Well, <clears throat> storylines. So from all that conversation we've just had, I now need to fabricate some storylines for us to uh, to <laughs> talk about. I think... I can, then, I can give you one, one straight away. First one is, I'm just really happy F1's going back like to Canada. It feels so long, it doesn't it? It is my favourite circuit. Yeah, I've it is such it a good so circuit. Much. I'm really, really excited to see them going back there too. Um yeah, famously Chris's favorite track. Every time, like I, if I go around Chris's and he's playing F one, he will usually <laughs> be at Montreal. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's an exciting. It is very exciting. Usually, it's a circuit that usually generates really really good racing as well. So yeah, there's, there's never really. It's, yeah. There's often they're often good races. One of my favorite races ever, where Jensen Button beat um, the Sebastian Vettel. Yeah. Um, was it that race? Also, one of the longest, if not the longest. It was the longest, and it always the will be. I wasn't yeah. sure if the um, rules have changed since. Yeah, I wasn't sure if Belgium had beat it, but it, can you even call that a race? No, is the answer. They changed the no, rule because they cost. changed the rules yeah, yeah. as a result oh, of that right, Canada okay. race, didn't they? So yeah. anyway, um, next storyline. I think the next storyline. There's all this talk of like drivers in sort of paying because of porpoising and stuff like that. Will Lewis Hamilton recover in time to compete at the Canadian Grand Prix? Um, there has been a little bit of talk about him mm. sort of, you know, it's, it's quietening down a little bit now, but um, there was initially talk of him not competing at the next race. I think that might go away. Yeah, he's, he's kind of played it out. He'll be there. Himself. I mean, I'm not saying he'll be 100% because I'm not disputing his, his um, account of how he's feeling. Like, he knows how he's feeling. But he will be there. I, look, that I feel that, regardless of any situation, that race in particular means probably like on par with like what it is to race at Silverstone for Lewis. Like the certain races, I think that hold a really special kind of place for him, and I would say that's one of them. With him being yeah. the first place he won, and him always going so well. I mean, isn't he? Doesn't he have the most? Oh, he's tied with Schumacher for most wins there, isn't he? They both got seven, so. I think I think that's right, but something like, like that, yeah. it's just one of those circuits that he wins at a lot, and he's got a really good sort of synergy with. So I don't think he'd want to miss it, even if he was in pain. 
he'd fight through it to some degree, I think, yeah. to race. I mean, you, so the next one then is um, which Mercedes will show up at this race? Will we get mm. the the silly <laughs> smooth sort of really good one that that did quite well in Spain, or are we going to get the the crap dolphin that is, is apparently not not porpoising anymore? It's bouncing now. Apparently they're two different things, but I'd like someone to explain to me the difference between porpoising and bouncing because visually from the outside they both look like exactly the same thing. So um, I'd love to know yeah. the difference. Yeah, I, I think it's propaganda oh, is what the difference is. I mean, mm. that's what it is. Total Wolf's propaganda heard, machine. They just heard us going around saying porpoise is just a crap dolphin, so they've changed yeah, it to yeah. bouncing now. Yeah, they just they just advertise to rebrand. Next storyline: um, Will we continue to see the pattern of um, Ferrari being fastest in qualifying and the Red Bulls being the better race car? Um, that's my next big one. Mm. I think. It'll be interesting to see that one pan out. Chris, you had something to say. It's yeah, it's it's a very characteristically similar circuit, isn't it? Like mm. it's like back here, it's largely about stopping power and traction yeah. out of slower I, corners. Um there's there's more more quick corners at Baku to I contend with, but the I think the strength of the Ferrari is more in the kind of twistier stuff, though, to be fair. Like, you know, like that sort of quick section through um, the castle and going up the hill and and all those sort of quick changes of direction um, and, like, aggressive changes of direction. So I think there'll be one or two bits that are all right with them, but I've got a feeling that overall the Red Bull might eke it personally sector three oh, yeah, down that straight just gonna yeah. be so it's so weird saying beat. that is it like i said this during yeah. the race or, or over the course of the weekend like to say the red bull is the straight line car and the ferrari is the the sort of technical car is really weird because it's yeah. always been the opposite, the opposite with so red bull long. always like the straight line has always been their weakness out of everything if they were even if they were strong everywhere, that was still the weak the the weakness. Hmm. So very weird. But well, I mean, the rebel doesn't guess. doesn't look slow in race trim. Does not look slow anywhere at the moment. So. Not at all. Not at <sighs> all. Yeah. Um, and I. What else we got? How close will the midfield battle be? Like, literally every race, there's like only tenths between everyone down from sort of sixth place all the way down to like 16th it's just so 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 tight and i think this is the kind of circuit that that does lead yeah, to like really close was. even closer lap times as well because it's a relatively short rap, short lap and there aren't that many turns so yeah i'm i'm excited look i'm excited to see how this race this next race pans out i think um it's going to be really really close in the midfield and it, I have a feeling it'll be very, very close at the very top as well, especially with Ferrari. Final one, maybe Ferrari, you know, bringing a new end. Ferrari going to have to bring a new engine into the mix here, from probably mm. on both cars. Will they do it at this race? And will they yeah. take the hits? And will they take the the penalties for it? Yeah, it's quite a few drivers just to point out that haven't been here before as well. Yeah, when you think about yeah, it, like with it been so long since we've been, and it, they're not being part of like say formula 2 formula 3 support even when it we were going there there's quite a few drivers that yeah, of course. probably haven't 
done laps around here in you know I'm obviously they will have all done kind of sim practices and stuff yeah. but I bet there's a good number of those newer drivers on the grid that have never been here in a physically yeah. in a car I can tell you one so. thing I bet Chris has done more laps than any of them <laughs> to be fair I think I might have because <laughs> I'm like Chris it's the second that I've pounded around a number of times this and Donington for whatever reason they're just my two top two mm. right shall we turn all that that we've discussed into some predictions yeah we can indeed <laughs> so try we're gonna try. have to we're gonna have to actually do it it's literally the yep <laughs> we made the format <laughs> ourselves we must That's adhere why to the people format. listen to us <laughs> <laughs> i hope not because <laughs> with our scores they shouldn't be listening for that. no um well they so, so they know who not to choose for all the results. yeah to choose the opposite of us uh right on yeah. that note Stu, i'm gonna ask you to go first on fastest in q3 leclerc okay oh is, is he going for what he's gone for previously um chris what about you yeah chuck Leclerc. chuck Leclerc. uh and i'm i'm gonna go with what i was just saying a minute ago where i think that the red bull could actually be stronger than the ferrari here overall mm. so i'm gonna say verstappen so a win chris are you going double chuck again no, I'm, I'm definitely not doing that. I'm fo- I'm following the Ferrari fastest in quality Red Bull race pace pattern. I'm just deciding if I chance a Perez win or stick to the smart choice and say Verstappen. I'm going to say Verstappen. Okay. I mean, I'm going with you. I'm going double Verstappen. Um, so I'm calling him hanging on this time to a win from Paul Stu I'm going tri- we're going triple ver lads we're going triple ver oh wow well <laughs> he's definitely not winning is we've, he we've condemned him to a mechanical failure I imagine uh, speaking of condemning <laughs> people to mechanical failures who's first DNF Chris did I make you go? In fact, no way. Did I made you go first oh, on this? You, you, you. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go first on this. You I apologise for being so harsh there. And in my typical style of like kind of home race, they all, they're all gonna ruin it vibes. I'm going Latifi. Never, he's never been here in a Formula One car, <laughs> and he's gonna put it in a wall. The wall. I of, can just see it. The wall of no. He won't make champions. it that far around lap one. <laughs> He, he might put it in the Wall of Champions at some point in the weekend, but he ain't making it that far around that one to do it in the race. Um, in that case, then I'm going to go for the other Canadian and <laughs> say strong. Uh, you guys, that's so you guys. So you know so, my philosophy. It is, it's it it's like hero to zero, or like home race, or whatever. That's that's my logic. But, it's almost uh, unfortunate that the the two least liked drivers on the grid. Yeah, okay, home race. Yeah. It's yeah, a rough time to be a Canadian um, F1 fan. I mean, they've had to deal with Jacques Villeneuve for the last 20 years, so... I'm, I'm going to go... <laughs> I'm also going down the... I'm going to go down the rookie ro- road compounded by the fact that they've sort of... Mm-hmm. I see, like, obviously... I mean, Stroll's raced here. Latifi's raced here, hasn't he? No. Latifi's never raced in Canada. Not in F1. The the, the well, last, I mean, well, last I mean time in F1. I mean in F1. The, the last time we were here was 2019, and he didn't race then. 
as if. Okay. Oh, yeah. Because um, the, the, it was when Russell was still there and Kubica was his teammate, if you remember. Yeah. So for me, it's Latifi, Stroll, or Joe, or um, Schumacher, or maybe... Sonoda. You're the expert of stalling in this game. Schumacher. Schumacher is what I'm... Uh, Schumacher, <laughs> there's something about long straights and walls... That, that well there's something about just street circuits and wall sorry that causes Schumacher to snap cars in half hopefully he doesn't get hurt but I think it'll be Schumacher okay I think the wall of champions is going to bite him and be, as a punishment for all that stalling I'm going to make Ooh, you okay. pick your number of finishes first 16 <laughs> okay Chris 15 I'm being more optimistic and saying 17 okay <laughs> Yeah, yeah it's always a combination of those three think. numbers generally, isn't it? Uh, and Chris, can you give us a random driver for this week? Yeah. It's money where your mouth is oh. time. It's Mick Schumacher. Are you doing 20th. it? 20th. Yeah, yeah he's I'm, doing I'm it. He's totally money-mouthing it. it. Well, money he mouth. qualified 20th in the, uh, in the last race as well, didn't he, for the first time? He did. Yeah, it was the first time he started on the back row, I do believe. Mm. He's always been 18th or higher, is my understanding. So hmm. yeah, um, I'm gonna go with him finishing. Um, so I'm gonna say 17 because I've got 17 finishes. I am also gonna go with him finishing. So I am gonna say. Oh, I've got to ask: wow. like, who do you think is gonna be behind him? So you think Latifi Probably will finish Latifi. and be behind Schumacher? I'm just putting that. Oh, I've gone to that. That's I'm already. I'm already looking at that and knowing that's way too high for Schumacher. Yeah, you said 15 finishes there, though, so it's, it's plausible. I've, I I do think it's going to be a Who lot you got of retirement this race for Latifi to finish uh, for Latifi behind Schumacher. Uh, probably a stroll, probably like a Sonoda, maybe one of the top Leclerc. cars will retire somehow. Yeah, I mean, we lost yeah. two Ferraris yeah, the last yeah. race, totally, so man. I mean, all yeah. bets are off. And if you've got point. cars bouncing up and down in sick drivers, like people might retire just on, you know, I'm in too much pain to carry mm-hmm. on <laughs> ground. <Yeah>. So <laughs> Paul just said all of the yeah. Ferrari engine runners will retire, which would <laughs> yeah. get me where I needed um, to be, actually. Yeah, I'm just making a little note there mentally within the document or whatever of you you think they'll finish 14th with Latifi behind him. Because if that comes true, that's a bold prediction and I like it. I mean, I can't do that. Sorry, the algorithm dictates I cannot do that. But but what's the word? Um, I don't know. Like a moral point, you can have that or whatever. Like a hypothetical point. Or I'll I'll take it. Call it a tiebreaker point at the end of the season. If anyone if any one of us is tied with you, <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, yeah. Moral points um, don't. Moral victories don't get you trophies, do they? No, they do not. <laughs> they do not. Um, if you would like to get involved with predictions, please head to backofthegrid.com. There is a link there to sign up if you're not already. There's a way to log in if you've already been joining in this season, and you can make your predictions from when you listen to this uh, right up until Q1. Predictions close as we head into Q1. So you've got the advantage of having a watch of practice if you want first. There's also links on there to Grid Rival, as we've talked about many times before. So head to the fantasy section where you can get a link there. And then there is also one to the official fantasy uh, of F1 if you want to join us on that. 
Um, I guess with that being said, there's just a little bit of quick bit of news to cover in, in a sense before we head to inbox. And that is just that after Baku, um, Stefano Domenicali headed out to South Africa uh, to basically speak with the Caliam circuit about potentially hosting a race as early as next year and looking at the potential of being able to set a date for the 2023 calendar over in South Africa. Thoughts on this? Like I, I, the, um, the fact that he's gone there, I would say it's solidly an idea that yeah. F1 are set with of trying to get back there. We've not raced there since the mid-90s. I think it was 93 the last time we went there. Um, and yeah, yeah it's been rebuilt since there. Well. My favorite We've not thing been to Africa my in, in all that time as well. My favorite thing so. about this circuit is the names of the turns. They're very sort of good to say in a South African accent. So you've got <laughs> the man shaft, <laughs> which is the ma- the mine shaft for the English speakers. Um, and then you've got I, need, the, I needed that translation because I had no <laughs> idea what you were saying. You've got the the isis. Which is the S's. Um, sunset. Sunset. <laughs> they, there's loads of them. It's great. Like these, these. There's a corner just called yeah. barbecue. Like, that's brilliant. Um, my very quick reaction to that is it's a very, Callum's a very cool circuit. I think F1 in Africa would be a really cool thing. I hope that they will make space return on the calendar rather than just adding more races, I worry what we'll have to make way for. I agree with all of those things that you just said. Oh, yeah. And so does I think that... <laughs> that was a good summary. <laughs> I appreciate the summary and I agree with it. So on that note, we will cover some inbox, I guess. Is... Uh, keep it safe now. But stay, but stay Um, I'll go first, first then. Um, okay. Sarah says, who will become the 112th winner in Formula One and will we see that happen in 2022? I'm assuming then we have 111 <laughs> winners so. right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> it would be a weird question if we've had like 102 or something. Um, Russell's got to be the obvious answer, right? I feel, like, I, I feel more like this yeah. is a test of, of our of- Formula One knowledge than it is a actual question <laughs> well actually signs should be the obvious answer because he's in yeah. a race winning mm. car this season telling that you feel like norris is who but... the more interesting question here is who will win a race first russell or signs or norris <laughs> of those three times this season I kind of feel like a weird race with weird circumstances. I can see Russell nicking a win at some point this yeah. year. I mean, it should be signs. It should be, given the car he's in. But yeah, very I'm kind of with be. you. I could see something weird going on and or might maybe a wet race that kind of evens the field a little bit and Russell fighting his way to the front from that. Um yeah. But no, I think I'm going to go with my sensible head and say it's science hmm. rather than my heart, which is... Yeah, I think the, sen- the sensible one's definitely, definitely yeah. science. Um, hopefully we've done enough to pass the test there. Shall we do the next one? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah, next from Wes. Assuming that the rumours are true, what impact, if any, do you think a transition to Renault power units will have on Williams' performance? And related to that, um, Michelle asks, will Williams be a good place for Piastri to be next year? So this obviously off the back of the what seems like quite strong rumours this week mm. that Piastri is on the verge of signing a sort of season or two kind of loan deal from Alpine to Williams for the next two seasons, um, obviously replacing Latifi, and that potentially Williams might be switching to Renault engines as part yeah. of that deal. Um, I mean, team at the back buys slowest engine is the headline, isn't it? So, Is it though? Well, I mean, yeah. straight like, line speed. Uh, yeah, they were up there this weekend, they, weren't they? Nah, they? Yeah, because they trimmed all the downforce off of it. That's, not... Yeah, but is that not just that the, the, the aero's crap? Is that not just the problem there? That the problem is their aero's <laughs> rubbish, therefore they need to deal with that. I mean, ultimately, to be like this, this late in, like the obviously we have new cars this year but the power units are the same as they have been for a very long time and ultimately i think the power units are all pretty yeah. close together Aldi, these absolutely days, so. savage savage in the chat i'm actually not sure the engine is arguably slower as it can't finish a race <laughs> mm-hmm. that's true it, it was running pretty slowly yeah. <laughs> at the point of that race yeah i can't see a power unit yeah. change making a huge difference to be completely honest um as for piastri I mean, on the grid is a good place for Piastri to be, Williams or anywhere else. I don't really care where he is. I just want him on the grid as a first step. And I think Albon would be a good teammate for him to be able to be measured against, as I'm sure we've talked about before and we'll talk about Mm -hmm. again, should should this deal go through. Yeah, very much so. Then um, Patifi to measure yourself up against, that's true. And you'd learn a lot more, I think, from Albon with Patifi too. Despite Patifi's experience, I don't feel like he's got to be a young teammate. Yeah. Um, friend of the show, Charlie Barnes, just simply says, my question is, well done, Baku. Yes. Yes. Well, less so well done this particular race than previous years, but well done, Baku still as a whole, well done, Baku. Achieving being aware. Um, <laughs> Side note, I am absolutely getting a well done, Baku t-shirt for the next <laughs> Oh, that's a really to. good idea. Should get flags to, printed, especially if it's not <laughs> Baku, like Baku flags, and just take them to a random race. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Just take to like yeah, yeah, Baku, or something right. for British. Uh, the next Bart. one is from Micheco, and it says hypothetically, had George Russell been in Bottas' seat during the last era, could he have possibly nicked a championship or two from Hamilton? I think it's possible. I think well I think if not given not Russell then not Russell then no because he's too (laughs) young but like now if Russell now was in yeah say he was somehow go back in time and to have those seats from Bottas then possibly yeah like Bottas is like second or third season was when he was closest I think and yeah if you could put Russell there back then Mm. he probably would have been a little closer than Bottas I would I, I yes, think but... you just have to look at sort of situations like when he jumped in to replace Lewis temporarily, he he did so well, being so like out of place there in yeah. terms of barely fitting in the car, let alone having to get used to. Um, we still had what was, I've already forgot what it was called, adjustable wheel thingy. 
Das. That yeah. was so good, that thing. Oh, Das. He, like, he, had, he had to get used to that. Like There was all sorts thrown at him that weekend, and he did really well. So I would say yes, hypothetically, if George Russell could time travel and replace Bottas with his current experience, he probably would have nicked a championship. This is going to sound this is going to sound super lame, but Das and it's not necessarily related to this question. Das is still one of my favorite ever innovations in Formula One. I think it was kind of cool, wasn't it? Yeah, Yeah, that that morning of like it was like the second or third out (laughs) testing when they first used it, and just like all those shots of all the other garages staring at the screen. Yeah, Yeah. what is that? Like, I love that kind of stuff. It was like yeah. the first time um, McLaren used the F duct, and everyone was yeah, like, "You literally, why are they taking their hands off you the, took the wheel? Like, I'm trying to decode what they were doing." I was so clever. Love that stuff. Uh, last question this week from Keith. It was hinted that Lewis may have had to miss the Canadian Grand Prix with his back problems. Thankfully, that seems to have passed. If at some point during the season a driver is forced to miss a race with back problems because of the bouncing, will the authorities at last take this seriously? Thank you for that question. <laughs> I thought, yeah, do you know what? It, what was <laughs> funny fan is of the, the way Stu took the first yeah. question. I did, I did the usual thing where once we decide who's got the first question, I go down and just like label so we don't lose his place. And I got to that one. I was like, ha, that's fitting. Chris has got to read his dad's yeah. question. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, my short answer to that is I hope they take it seriously long before to a point where they're missing races. I also hope the teams take it a bit more seriously in the sense of putting the drivers through that to make a point is definitely not right if any are doing that. I'm not saying no, anyone is. I don't think but, that's... Mm, uh, well, let's just put it this way. Given the example of Mercedes, one car is definitely dealing with the situation far better than the other. And if they just ran both the cars the same, it wouldn't be as big of a problem, is all I'm saying. So well, I think, but I whatever think, they're I, doing I not... to that second car, why bother, in my opinion? Th- because I think they're trying to research and figure out, they need a comparison mm. point, don't they? And they're trying to fit, and, and Hamilton's always going to get the new parts because he's the lead driver. So, you know. I think that's why you're seeing Hamilton struggle probably a bit more than than uh, than Russell is because he's been given with all his experience. I think if you if you're running that team, you give your experienced driver, your most experienced driver it, from within that team, the the comparison points, and you know you I give don't them argue the new with that. So they can give mm. you the feedback. You're going to trust Hamilton with that feedback side of it Russell, all. Yeah, don't argue with that at all. My point is more it's quite clear that the things that they are doing are not working because the other car runs that much better in the, situ- well, the, given but the, the situation. The other cars, the other drivers had an opportunity to probably to get used to running that. I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of this. I don't know whether Russell yeah. has had loads of new bits or not or, and whether it's just been Hamilton getting the new bits. But for me, the logic and the explanation would be that if Hamilton's getting lots and lots of new bits and he's trying out lots and lots and lots of different things to make that car work better and they're they're in a research period of, of that car's life, then giving the other driver the sort of... Giving your new driver and just making them as comfortable as you can with what they've got without necessarily researching and trying to make 
you know, make yeah. drastic changes to that car is probably a better way of running, I think. So I think if anyone's going to get them out of the hole, it probably, I would say it's more likely to be Hamilton. They're going to get better feedback and more mm. useful information from that car than they are the, the younger driver. I think... Yeah, I think I think you're right that he has been running the majority of yeah, all of and, the like anything that's been done in race. And, I mean, it sucks for him right now because yeah. they all but, seem to be yeah, that, that's so kind far, of which is why he's kind of my point. Like, clearly, the, the, the this is what I'm, I guess I'm trying to get at, is like the route that they're forcing him down in terms of testing those parts just appears to be like a dead end because it gets worse if anything, not better. So surely they need to be coming back to like a a more neutral position where Russell's car is and reassessing like what route they've gone down and maybe go another way. Like, I just, yeah, I just feel like, like, they're trying to, like they, I feel like they're putting the pain, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they, they're putting that on Hamilton and it just feels unfair to put him in that situation because he's now like, by all accounts, been physically harmed by it essentially. So yeah, I, I think I think there's an element of responsibility from the team. Is, I, I guess think... what I'm getting at that they they could they could definitely be making Hamilton's life a lot easier and a lot more comfortable in that car if they weren't being like kind of aggressive with the updates and the yeah, direction but the, but the, that they're trying you, that, to go with it. You don't mm. win championships by winning by being comfortable, though. Do you? Yeah, but you also don't win championships by <laughs> barely finishing in the points most weekend because your car's rattling your fillings out. Yeah, you're right. So. You, yeah, well, I think, I think R- Russell, right. Russell's I consistency. Think right. like, yeah, I think Russell's consistency, though, goes to show there isn't actually that much wrong with that car. Look at where he finishes with it every race. Yeah, but there's not enough there's right not with it for it much. to be winning races, is there? No, but they're still like putting Hamilton out of the points most of the time. Like, it's just... He's only ended up where he is because of persistence I, and yeah. failures. Do you know what I mean? I, like, I agree with you. I agree with you. But like, the the thing is, yeah. if they if they just stick with the car they've got with that Russell's got, and they're only ever finishing maximum third on a day when two of the lead cars retire, then that again, that, you're not. They need to win. They're supposed to be winning races. And I'm not necessarily. I'm not necessarily saying they should be sticking with the car. What I'm saying is they should be going in a different direction now because right. the direction that the direction that they're taking Lewis in is just making things worse, in my opinion. Mm, uh, like, and me, it's I... unfair on Lewis more than anything because he's essentially sacrificing his races to go down a path that is just not working. It, like that's obvious from mm. the situation he's finding himself in week in week out and but, bouncing no. around and stuff. For all we know, they could be going every which direction and it's still coming mm. out with the same results for them, you know? Like, I don't believe that they're, the number of parts that they that, that that they have put on it, I think, I, I'd be surprised if they'd only gone one way with it. Like, I, I think they're, they're still, I think they're still in like data gathering phase. I think a lot of this, like, I think, the, I think Spain was a flash yeah. in the pan. I don't think that. Well, was it? Was it Australia when Hamilton was running with? Like he had the sensors. I think it was. I think it was um, sensors on the car, like Australia when he had the sensors underneath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's there's like an interesting side note to this as well because obviously, like right now, Russell is outperforming Hamilton pretty consistently, and like a lot of people are making a big. It's deal a pinch of that. salt and situation, like, that though, isn't it? I got different I'd, cars. As, so. Yeah, as good as. That's the thing. Yeah, like. 
I don't want to take away from the really good job Russell's doing, but at the same time, like it's not true just to say, oh, Russell's turned up and he's out performing Hamilton. And like ultimately, I think Hamilton knows that he's not just being outperformed. There's more to it. And the team know that. Like the press can make a big deal out of it all they want, but like yeah. ultimately they're all working in the same direction and they don't really care. The you know, they they don't care that the finishing positions are in the order mm. they are, like I'd look mm. Because it's more to it than that, I guess. Yeah. It's an interesting kind I mean, of like many people probably. It, I would love to be a fly on the wall in that sort of design department at, at oh man at Mercedes to just to see what what they are trying because they they're trying all sorts. Yeah, maybe I mean <laughs> for all we know, yeah, it, from the outside like it, to be honest, the cra- yeah, like that. You took the words out of my mouth again. Like from the outside, when you're sitting there watching the car just appearing to get not move forward you do kind of feel like that that almost i'm not gonna no i'm not i was gonna say out of ideas but that's not fair that's not fair to the people who are working so hard and, and working on that car but it certainly you you do get the sense that they're lost for sure and they just you know they they're trying they're trying to dig their way out of this hole and mm. sometimes i think when you're trying to dig your way out of a hole like that you you can almost end up deeper in it i think yeah i think that's it like there's there's a bit of a a stubbornness i think with mercedes to like not move out of an ideology that they've maybe got themselves into and to to kind of start over maybe feels a bit like defeat and, and it's more of a case of we're talented enough to get ourselves out of this but like you say the by sticking to that mindset they are just digging themselves deeper rather than going back to the beginning i, I think mm. there is possibly an element of that i mean the, the I... fact that other te- the fact that other teams like aston martin like kind of had two things on the go and have basically gone this definitely doesn't work let's go down this other route and have got performance out of it to me says yeah. mercedes are like gung-ho we are sticking with this philosophy and we don't want to budge Aston Martin came with two philosophies and have gone with the one that actually worked for them. Here's, so, here, okay. here is my final thought on this, and I won't say anything more after this. Go on. I think they have a solution, but they can't implement it because of the rules. And I think that's why they're campaigning so hard to to get the rules changed. Yeah, either mm. either that or there's something... Yeah, there's something that they can like, sort of. I guess the potential they can unlock in the car if certain things are tweaked from a from a rule. Like, I mean, there's got to be something. Otherwise, they wouldn't be making this point so hard. I 100% agree with you there. Like, but but it's a difficult cross to nail yourself to that, isn't it? To basically go, we're going to petition for a rule. Yeah, we're going to petition for a rule change so that we can get this fix on the car is a big old gamble. It's a it, difficult place to put yourself in F1. And I think the reason that they're in that situation is because of the budget cap. It's come back to the budget cap again. I think they've put so much R&D into mm. figuring out the solution to this problem Could that be. They kind of, they've, mm. they've been forced into a situation where they have to put everything against this sort of gamble because if they don't they've got to develop a whole new new solution it's going to cost them arm and a leg not going to get to the end of the season do you know what i'd love to see come the end of the season i know we never will but i would love to see it is 
I'd love to see how much money they put into developing a car that had no side pods and what they could have done differently had that car just had side pods like every other car. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd love to see like how much of their philosophy is based around the fact that they've gone down that like virtually non-existent side pod route. All of it. I think all of it. Like, and, and maybe that's the problem. Thing. Here's the last that's, Maybe thing. that's the problem. They, they can't solve the problem without making significant changes there. Exactly. Thus, they're in a situation where it'll be budget capped, it's seeded, it's, yeah. it's admitting defeat on the side podless yeah. car. What, whatever the reason is, I feel like that is probably a part of it that <laughs> changing that might actually give them progress and that's yeah. why they don't want to change it. I, and I think whatever rule change happens, if, if they do get this rule change that, that they're trying to sort of push through, I think if that is implemented, the next, the very next race, that car will have whatever it is that it needs on it, and it'll be further forward. I don't know, if it, not necessarily winning races, but it'll be, mm. it'll be a lot better than yeah it was because they've already, they've got it all. I'm sure they've got it all lined up. There's no way yeah. they'll be arguing this hard for this. And I don't believe a team rules. of their capability would be. No. Um, why waste your energy? Heads, yeah, so, yeah, exactly. So and why would you much. be wasting your energy on that political situation yeah. when there's so many? When, mm. when, if, if if there was another engineering solution that they'd found and that they could implement within the cost cap and and without compromising the rest of their season, then why would you not implement that? Like this, to, in my mind, this just makes perfect sense. Maybe I'm like an ultimate conspiracy theorist, and I should get my tin hat out again, but. I think I think but, there's something to be said for what we're discussing, though. And as much as it was a tangent, I think it was a discussion that was actually quite worth having. Yeah. So because what's happened there it, is your dad Keith needs to come on the podcast <laughs> because that was an excellent. Question He's inadvertently caused the debate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've got I've got a couple yeah, of get weeks Keith off. in. Come uh, on, Keith. Next month, so. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, I, I yeah. I think that's a good point to stop that discussion, though, because we've we've highlighted things for people to go away and think about, yes. call us idiots over, yeah. whatever they want to do, and yeah. we'll see what happens if and when any rules are changed or and if we and can when any upgrade packages come. Go away and eat some noodles. Yeah. Or humble pie, should the Mercedes be a <laughs> dog all the season. Who knows? We could eat anything. I've, I've eaten <laughs> right. plenty of that while running this podcast, I can tell you. That. Oh, yeah. Running, running part of this podcast. I mean, <laughs> we, we eat every week with predictions. Yeah. For clarity, <laughs> by running, I mean like <laughs> us as a collective running a podcast, not like me running the podcast. Because I don't run the podcast. <laughs> no, we, we both said that George yeah. Russell would win in Monaco. We all thought the Mercedes would be good in Monaco. We're How's that humble there. pie taste? Mm, yummy bitter <laughs> mm. <laughs> <Delicious>. salty <laughs> right. if you would like to tell us to eat humble pie online you can do so by finding us on twitter uh, by searching for back of the grid we're on facebook um we also do you know what the easier thing to do now is go um to our link tree page and uh load that up because that's got links link to everything tree. yeah mate link tree it's the future it's been the future for about mm, 50 years it's the future. but We've only just adopted it. There's links to Patreon. There's links to Fantasies. There's links to Predictions League. It's all on there. And it's now the main link on all of our other profiles. So if you've got one profile and you want the others, you can get it that way too. It's, it's just easy. 
and just search back of the grid in Google. That works too. It's just so simple. So simple. Uh, thanks to our prediction sponsor, Grid Rival. And we'll be back next week to uh, review the Canadian Grand Prix. So goodbye, everybody. Yep. Goodbye. Thank you, patrons, as yep. well. Goodbye. Hey. Oh, yeah. Thank you, patrons. Those guys <laughs> that give us money every week to do this. <laughs> Th thanks. Bye.